Right, so today I'm going to talk about two things on the podcast. One of them is a supplement, which is creatine, and the other is bicep training and two exercises that I found really, really helpful. So if you want to figure out whether or not it's worth jumping on creatine as a supplement and also how to improve the size of your biceps, then this episode is tailor-made for you and I hope that you can walk away with some practical knowledge today. Welcome to Fitness for Fatherhood, the podcast helping first-time fathers find the time to regain their health and fitness to become the superhero dads their kids look up to. I'm Stacey Liddell, your host, a qualified personal trainer, two-time amateur physique competitor, and now a freshly minted dad. I firmly believe that a healthy body is the cornerstone to a fulfilling life. Get ready to gain actionable tools and strategies from real-life examples to take control of your health and fitness to become the superhero dad your kids can look up to. Alrighty, so I want to jump into the first topic today and I get asked this question quite often and that is people ask me what supplements I recommend for them to take and I think maybe I can do a few episodes talking about supplements and today I want to talk about what is my favorite supplement and the one that I think is not only safe but also extremely effective, and that's exactly what the science shows behind it. And that supplement is, I bet you've guessed it already, it's creatine. And so I guess I would like to clarify what I mean by creatine being effective off the bat. And what I mean is that studies have shown that when you take creatine, you're going to find that your lean body mass may increase. Your strength and performance also have an upward trend and get better. And I think some more fascinating research that I've seen about creatine is this understanding that creatine actually has a cognitive enhancement that it seems to give us as well. So even if you aren't really experiencing the lean body mass increases and the strength and performance gains, I think that the cognitive benefit might be something that could be even more beneficial to you if you're looking for that little cognitive boost. Something that I also want to just touch on before diving into some of the other things surrounding creatine is the fact that don't I don't want you to fall for the hype and the marketing surrounding supplements. So creatine, as great as it is, a lot of the time these things, because they happen slowly, they are almost unnoticeable at the time. And I'll talk about sort of how you can check whether or not the creatine is working later on in the episode. But don't expect it to be this huge muscle-building, mass-gaining, life-changing supplement. It's probably going to give incremental changes to your strength and performance and your lean body mass. And something to watch out for as well, if you are somebody who is performing in weight category sports, you know, something like boxing or weightlifting, something like that, there is oftentimes an increased weight that creatine causes. And that's predominantly due to the fact that the creatine is an osmolite. And that's just a fancy way of saying that creatine holds water in the muscle cells. So if you are competing and your weight is important, just be careful that it might just tip you over the scales if you're competing in a sport where weight is important. So now that I've just sort of broken down what I mean by creatine being effective... I also want to say that 
when it comes to supplementation, you know, I think creatine is one of those low-hanging fruit supplements. It's something that's readily available. In most countries that I've been to, it's, it's extremely low cost for what you're getting. And the, the cheapest form, the monohydrate form, is also the most researched form. So those of you wanting to guess which form to take, I would say just take a really good quality monohydrate from a reputable brand. And um, on that note, I want to just address four issues, sorry, not four issues, four questions that people always seem to ask when it comes to creatine. The first one being, how much do I take? And from what I can gather from the research and my own experience, so anywhere between that three to five gram range now, as I mentioned, creatine is something that takes a time to kick in. So what creatine does is it has to saturate the muscle cells for it to be at its full effect. And the smaller your daily dose, I recommend taking it daily, the smaller daily dose just means it's going to take you a longer time to saturate. So if you're taking three grams, it might take a month or two to saturate fully. If you're taking five grams, it might take two or three weeks to saturate. And that leads me on to my next question, which is a lot of people ask me, does creatine loading work? And again, stressing here that creatine is an accumulation effect. So the more quickly you saturate, the quicker you're going to see the returns of the supplement. And so yes, loading does help, especially for those people who are trying to get the performance boost in a short amount of time. So if you have an event, a sporting event or something like that coming up where you feel as if you need to get that, that performance, and remember, it might just be a marginal performance edge, you might want to consider loading. For those of you who are in it for the long, long term and the long game, I don't think it's necessary to load it. I don't load it. I just do uh, five grams a day. Sometimes I get eight grams, and that's because... Every now and again, I take a protein shake, and that protein shake has three grams in it. But that's not something that I try to do. I don't try to load it like that. It just happens to be the case that my protein shake, according to the label, has three grams of creatine in it. All right, and then another question I get asked is, many people have seen that, especially back in the 2000s when I started using creatine, a lot of people ask about cycling creatine. And I'm not sure where this whole story of cycling it, cycling it comes from. Um, perhaps it was kind of lumped into the same category as performance enhancing drugs, which people cycle on and off. But in my honest opinion, I don't think it's necessary to cycle it. I think you can stay on it for as long as you need it. And if you go off it, it does take roughly about a month or so to clear out and go back to baseline. Um, but then remember, you're going to be losing the benefits if you had benefits from the, the supplement. And then it's going to take you, you know, roughly two or three weeks to get those benefits back if you do jump back on it. And the last question that a lot of people ask me is, should they be concerned about the timing of their creatine? So I, I think here, it's one of those things where I like to split this into two, two fields. If you're somebody who is really advanced and 
hasn't used creatine before or isn't currently using creatine and you're trying to find the best way to optimize your creatine intake, there is some research out there that suggests that taking it immediately after your workout is the best time to ensure that you'll absorb as much of it into the muscles as possible. And that does make sense. Um, that is when you are most sensitive to these kinds of things. Even getting most of your protein in around your workout seems to be a good idea. So creatine is the same in that regard. However, if you're somebody who is just a regular lifter, you're just trying to get some creatine in, do what works best for you. Oftentimes we overcomplicate these decisions and we make it difficult to establish habits. So that's why I say make it a daily thing, take it every day, and just do it as part of something that you already have as an established work uh, habit. Sorry, not workout, habit. So for example, for me, I drink a greens juice in the evening. I pop my creatine into the greens juice and therefore I don't miss a day because I take them together. I've stacked it onto a habit that I've already established. And that's honestly the best way to do it. So whether it be first thing in the morning or at lunchtime with your lunch, find a place where you can stack it with a habit that you already are doing on a daily basis. Right, and I guess the next thing I want to talk about when it comes to creatine are side effects and problems with creatine. As I said at the top of the show, it is safe. It's considered safe in the in the research. Um, however, there have been many people that complain about GI issues, gastrointestinal issues. And I think it's largely linked to two factors. One of them I've already mentioned, and that's the loading factor. When people increase their their amount of creatine in a single, especially in a single serving, it does seem to cause GI problems. And another thing that's come up is if you're taking massive doses of caffeine, there seems to be an interaction effect with the creatine and the caffeine together that causes uh, an upset stomach. So there are some ways to fix this issue. And the three things that kind of stick out to me that are most practical is, number one, make sure you're mixing your creatine well. So something that I do is I take mine, as I said, with the greens juice, and I mix the creatine in a little bit of lukewarm water first, and then I put it into the greens juice. As part of as of as part of the water that I use for the green juice, another thing you could do is you could split your doses. So instead of taking ten grams in one go, if you're trying to load, you could maybe take five grams in the morning, five grams after training. Um, again, just be careful of doing this. It's going to be harder to establish a habit if you're if you're going to be adding multiple times in the day when you have to take the stuff. So um, it is a bit trickier, but if you are having GI issues, that is something you can also do. You can split it up into two doses, maybe three doses if you're really trying to load a lot. And another thing that seems to help is if you take your creatine serving as part of a meal. So if you're chowing, eating something, and you drink your creatine with that meal, it does seem to also ease the gut problems that come from high doses of creatine. Um yeah, oh, and something I wanted to mention, talking about the caffeine dose, I said a high dose of caffeine, you're talking about, you know, at least three to six milligrams of caffeine per kilogram of body weight. So I weigh 75 kilos. It's only really going to become an issue if I'm taking, you know, like a massive dose of anhydrous caffeine around about, you know, 250 to 450 grams, milligrams, sorry, of the stuff. Um, and that that is possible. 
there are obviously pre-workouts that have extremely high dose of caffeine. I don't use them. Um, so just be careful of that. That it, it won't really have that effect uh, if you're having just a cup of coffee and then you're having your serving creatine with a cup of coffee. The caffeine in the cup of coffee isn't high enough to really see those adverse effects. And yeah, that's kind of the the final thing that I want to sort of wrap on the creatine is now that I've mentioned caffeine and the effect of of it on your GI system, you do also run into the problem of caffeine interfering with the uptake of, of creatine. So that is also on those higher end doses. That's at uh, 0.3 to 0.6 probably more likely that 0.5, 0.6 range milligrams per kilogram, um, you might not get all the benefits out of your creatine if you're taking it in a similar window to your high dose of caffeine. And the final thought that I have is some people uh, mention that they feel as if they are non-responders on creatine and this, again, harkens back to what I said at the beginning this is not going to be a life-changing supplement. You are going to get increases on the edges of performance and lean body mass gain. It's not going to be this huge change. And so if you aren't aware of that and you've bought into the marketing hype behind the supplement and you feel as if you're a non-responder, the most practical way to check, in my opinion, is just to monitor your performance and your strength when you go off of creatine. So take a month off. It's going to take about a month for the for the creatine to clear your system. And then see if your training takes a dip. And that's the best way to check it. Now, obviously, the downside there is you're going to lose all the benefits while you're off it. But if you're a non-responder, you may that may be the, a reason to stop taking it if you think it's a waste of money or whatever that whatever it may be. There is a small percentage of people who, who don't respond to creatine. Um, however, uh, I have seen that there's a lot of people that advocate for taking it anyway, even if you're not responding on the performance and muscle gain size, there is still the likelihood that you'll get the cognitive benefits of it. So that's just something to think about. The second thing that I want to talk about is a bit of bicep training. Um, reason being is I absolutely love hitting my biceps. It's one of my favorite muscle groups, as I'm sure it is for many people. And um, I think the reason being is my biceps are relatively strong compared to my other body parts, so I do enjoy training it. And in the last year or so, I have come across two exercises that have really, really changed the bicep the appearance of my biceps, they are fuller and bigger than they've ever been. And not trying to blow my own horn here, but I think it's cool to share this kind of information because I don't see or hear these two exercises in particular being spoken about in many circles. And um, when, I, when I'm looking around and thinking about my training and my programming, I often try to think about athletes and people who have exceptional body parts for their sport. And in this case, when I was looking and thinking of bicep training, two athletes that jumped out to me, um, hopefully natural athletes, because obviously 
we can all look to bodybuilders, but they aren't always natural unless they're competing in natural federations. And the two athletes that really stood out to me were gymnasts, male gymnasts, even actually female gymnasts have impressive arms, and arm wrestlers. Uh, I guess it's debatable if you want to call arm wrestlers athletes, but I can I can guarantee you that if you do arm wrestling with a professional arm wrestler, it's going to it's going to cause you to tire out, and you're going to have sore arms the next day, if not a broken broken bone from just the force that those guys can can put out. And so, when I kind of looked at their training and looked around the internet, I found a lot of guys that had sort of gymnastic type physiques doing these these chin-ups but in a slightly different variation and it's kind of like you're leaning back a little bit and instead of pulling your chest up to the bar you're more using your arms to pull yourself up Um, it's a very strenuous exercise if you are new to bicep training so if you struggle to do this kind of a specialized bicep chin-up there are two things you can do you can either use a resistance band underneath your your feet or legs to help you with assistance or you can go to the lat machine and get into an underhand grip so that's a supinated grip and you can instead of pulling down with your back and your lats really try and pull the bar down using your biceps and that will get your your biceps sort of ready and used to that movement, and then you can try doing it uh, just using your full body weight as you develop that strength in the biceps. And the interesting thing is there, like to me, it almost feels like both ends of the bicep heads are getting hit. Whereas with curling movements, it kind of feels more like the bottom section is shortening, contracting up to the top. Now that I don't know if that's true. It's just that's how it feels. The, the bicep chin-up uh, really feels like compound in nature and across all my other exercises, I'm only really focusing on compound lifts um, when I'm trying to drive hypertrophy. So this is a great one for bigger biceps. The other one that I've discovered that really, really hits my biceps hard is, and I have to give credit here to, again, to Menno Henselmans, um, the the guy that I learned my personal training course through. And this is something that, to my knowledge, he invented. And it's called a Bayesian curl. Uh, if you are familiar with a cable crossover machine, uh, many cable crossover machines have a adjustable uh, height on the on the side. So what you do is you drop the the pulley system down right to the bottom so that it's at the floor. And then you you use like a cable crossover attachment, normal hand attachment, and you stand facing away from the cable crossover machine and you make sure that the the cable isn't resting, the weight isn't resting on the stack. It's slightly off it, so that there's tension at the bottom. And then you just curl upwards. Normally, it's better to lean a little bit forward, especially on the contracting movement upwards. And then on the way down, you can shift to a little bit more of an upright position. Um, that will help you increase the tension as you as you contract at the top of the movement. And then when you go back down, it helps sort of relax the muscle a bit more. And you're getting an incredible range of motion on that exercise. 
And the nice thing is because the cable crossover stack generally has small incremental jumps, you can find a really, really nice weight to suit the amount of of load and volume you want to get on that exercise. Um, another thing to consider there is try and keep that elbow still and tight at your side when you're doing that. And at the top of the movement, don't allow the the handle attachment normally has like a, a material binding on it. Try not to let that cross over on your forearm. If you don't know what I'm talking about, what I will do is I'll add in a video in the show notes of Menno actually instructing people how to do it properly um, so that you can, once you've listened to the episode here, you can jump on and give a look at how to execute the movement properly. All right, and I think that that's pretty much everything that I want to talk about today. Um, and I hope that that supplemental knowledge about creatine and a little bit of help with your bicep training can be two very good practical areas that you can take away. And that's really the, the focus here of this show um, is to help you as, as a busy dad to get the most out of your training, to really grab the low-hanging fruit that are effective in helping you to improve your physique and to be the best version of yourself for your family, your partner, and your kids. And so, yeah, cool. I hope that you join me again soon. And I'm looking forward to sharing some more interesting insights into health and fitness with you. Cheers.